0: Thank you all for joining us today. My name is Danielle Dara. I'm co-founder of Find My Parent and head of advocacy. I'm happy to be joined by Brian today. Brian is a left behind parent and also head of our community advisory board at Find My Parent. Today's episode is part two of a two part series. So if you haven't listened to the first part, please go ahead and check out the prior episode. Today, we're thrilled to be joined by Vincent Fischot who is French national living in Japan. His two children have been abducted in Japan for the last four years. And Vincent has been at the forefront of the fight against parental abduction in Japan. He has gone to the EU parliament to request resolutions to pressure Japan to change. He has submitted complaints to the United Nations on Japan's terrible record of child rights abuses. And he also completed a hunger strike during the Olympics in Tokyo last summer where he gained a lot of media attention and helped a lot of people understand how widespread and disheartening the issue of child abduction in Japan is, especially domestically. And today we'll be talking more about his experiences and the work he's been doing to fight for change in Japan and around the world. Without further ado, let's get started with today's episode. And so I want to turn back to to parents and and also extended family. Let's not forget that you know parents lose their child. Like your parents, they lost their grandchildren. Your sister lost her niece and nephew, etc. Um, I know that for as you as you rightly stated at the beginning that for parents this can be a long and exhausting journey, and sometimes it can last more than a decade. Uh, but obviously it's a journey worth fighting because at the end of the day, you're fighting for your children. What would be your advice to parents, especially also Japanese parents who face more obstacles because of the the culture they're raised in? What would be your advice to them on how they can contribute to efforts to not just for their individual case, which is very important, but for greater change in Japan? Because the reality is that our grandchildren will not be protected until there's systematic reform in Japan.
1: Correct. I I think one of the things that I I still kind of get my head around is when when I talk to, uh, especially Japanese parents, but I think I've come across other parents as well from, from other places is first of all, they, they don't want the issue to be known to the public. And, and I think you can only get visibility if you make yourself visible. Um, uh, and there's nothing to be ashamed of you know we our children are certainly the first victim and the main victims in, in in these situations but so we are and there's nothing to be ashamed you know when fighting back to defend your children's rights you know it's not even the right of a parents to to fight back for their for the kids it's it's an obligation you know when when our kids are born we, we in a sense enter a contract with them, uh, to, to do whatever we have in our, uh, in our power to, to protect them from anything from happening to them. So don't, don't be ashamed of it. Uh, the, the many Japanese people are telling me that they are afraid of the stigma it's going to bring to them uh, you know, in a the workplace. And for me, the, the answer is, uh, do, do you favor your workplace more than your own children? And I think, you know, once you put it that way to them, they, they, they realize that the, the answer was absurd. Um, and but you know we have to voice up. Like it, an NGO can make a difference, but it's going to take years. If suddenly all the victims of of these crimes, um, or you know, are teaming up, if there's a federation of NGOs, a federation of uh, victims, this is when we can make significant impact on society. We can impact politicians. We can have new bills revised. We can have new treaties dra- drafted. Um, they they have to you know it's it's funny when you read about parental abduction and again i hate saying parental abduction i should say just child abduction it's always the same um, names that come out uh and i know that everyone fights with the same passion there's no not a single mother or father fighting more than the others i i fully believe that we're all fighting simply in different ways um and I appreciate that. And, and I appreciate that, you know, you may not be in the medias, you may not be going to court or start, you know, cases everywhere, but in a way you're fighting for your children. Um, and we just have different ways to, to express it and, and, and bring it visibility to, but it's, it's about visibility. Uh, and we have to change the mindset saying that it's a parental abduction. It is a child abduction, full stop. And eventually the, the lawmakers can be potentially victim themselves uh and i know actually of a few lawmakers in japan that over the last four years have become more involved with the issue and when i went in the parliament many times some lawmakers stood up and say yeah you know i haven't seen my daughter in four years so uh there's there are always friends in every part of the society we just have to you know raise our voice um yeah that's that's the message I would give to, to parents.
0: Absolutely, because it's by unifying ourselves, you know, and getting together, we can raise a louder voice and make sure our message is heard to those that have the power to, to create change and reform. And I would also in, invite any parent who's listening that wants to share their story to get in contact with us at Find My Parent. We host a regular podcasts and are always looking for parents who are who are wanting to share their story via our podcast. Uh, we do it in multiple languages. So don't worry. Um, we can also do it in Japanese as well. And we have other initiatives to support you as well, including a parental support group um, and other things. So please do get in contact with us if you need any support. Um, but do remember Vincent's words that, you you know, it's very important to, to fight together and make yourself visible for, for your children and the future of, of their children and, and future generations as well.
1: And and I would add, Daniel, that everyone has something to bring to the table. You know, uh, they may not be lawyers, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a developer, so, you know, I cannot help on the tech side, but everyone has at least a connection. And, and as a matter of fact, you know, take, you know, for example, the case of the US, you know, we all have local uh, politicians that that represents our interests. So, you know, you can go and try to mobilize these people who would, who would then mobilize more senior politicians, maybe in Washington, you know, we we all have a card and uh, and it's, every gameplay is effective. Um, and I think we have to try to tackle the issue on every single front. But again, you may, people may not feel like they have much to offer, but you know, everyone has a voice. Um, and it's a bit like, you know, the, going uh, to vote for the election. You think that your vote, you know, your vote alone may not count, but it actually does because the, the sum of all the votes decide who's going to be the next president. And, and it's the same for um, for the child abduction issue. Um, you know, even just a testimony or being part of a group that helps other parents cope um, with, with their ordeal,
0: um, everyone can Absolutely. Help. So we encourage everybody to participate, you know, regardless of your skillset, together we can only be stronger. Then separately. So, thank you, Vincent, for sharing you know, your long journey um, in this issue and all the work that you've been doing, not just to get your, your children back, but also to you know, help children, and other families who are in the same situation as you. I wonder that throughout that journey you've been on, who, what has really been a disappointment to you? Are there people that you expected to support you in whatever capacity? And, and they and they disappointed you or institutions, et cetera.
1: Sure. So, I mean, I guess the first the biggest disappointment for me would be, uh, you know, the mother of my of my children, um, because I, you know, I, I still cannot imagine that someone does that to, to their own children. But from a, from a political standpoint, um, I know it, I've, I've got to learn the, the hypocrisy of the Japanese authorities. So I'm no longer surprised. What I'm disappointed at is, is really the French, uh, the French authorities. Um, you know, they have tried to engage with Japan, but they have not done everything they could. Um, you know, for example, they could uh, have requested on multiple occasions uh, to be granted the uh, diplomatic uh, uh, immunity. Uh, No, sorry, the consular protection, which is not the diplomatic uh, immunity, but they could grant me the consular protection, which would basically help me uh, start new cases in Japan um, while respecting uh, the Japanese sovereignty. Um, They could have uh, decided not to ratify the strategic partnership agreement that was ratified at a European level, because for that to be ratified, every member state has to sign it. Uh, So that was a tool that was at the disposal of the French authorities. Um, they could have taken measures against Japan uh, for the uh, systematic abduction of French children uh, on Japanese soil. Uh, you know, in a sense, they could try to implement their own version of the Goldman Act um, to to sanction Japan for for their wrongdoings. Uh, I've been disappointed with the United Nations um, because we filed a complaint two and a half years ago. Um, and, and while I know you know they're trying to uh, be diplomatic with Japan, um, but for the last two and a half years ago, not only our children have not come back home, but in a sense, four hundred and twenty thousand other children in Japan alone have been abducted in in, in, the, in the two years frame um, and I've been disappointed about with the eu parliament, which is you know was right to take uh, to pass that resolution, but after that that was it uh, y- the eu has other tools uh be diplomatic uh economic uh, strategic that they could use against Japan to put an end to that. And it goes back to the fact that again as we discussed before we're looking at that as a private matter uh, because it, the abduction has taken place by one parent our authorities are assuming that it's actually not as bad it, it is as bad as if it was a third party abducting our children um and and i would say the same with and i'm not american but you know the the us uh, government as well you know they they, they actually have passed the Goldman acts and, and they refuse to use it and in fact the current prime minister of Japan, Nishida-san, um, mentioned in a diet five years ago when he was uh, the foreign ministers of Japan um, that Japan should not fear any consequences from um, not respecting the Hague uh, because the in history, the U.S. had never used the Goldman Act against any country. So th- this shows you know that Japan is not afraid of uh, even the US, which has tools at its disposal, simply because they refuse to to use them, and and I think until one or, of our government and, and hopefully a coalition of of governments impose sanction on offenders, uh, be it Japan, India, Mexico, Brazil, uh, when actual sanctions are being uh, taken, um, nothing is going to change. So, uh, and and. I'm also, I guess, disappointed with the Japanese uh, authorities in a way where I have that Interpol arrest warrant for child abuse and, and child abduction that has been sitting in an office and no one has dared uh, taking any action in, in Japan, although they're members of Interpol, uh, which is obviously what I'm going to challenge next Tuesday.
0: Uh, I'm glad that you did bring up the, the U.S. and the Goldman Act, um, even if you know, you're know you not American, because I hear uh, a lot, I very often hear that Of all the foreign countries, it is the United States that has the biggest power to to really push Japan to change. Part of it's because of the strong economic and military um, collaboration ties between the U.S. and Japan. But also it's because of the Goldman Act, which you rightly said the U.S. is failing. And they are failing to implement a law that is in place to protect our children, not just that are being abducted to Japan, but to countries around the world and foreign countries know that the U.S. is not implementing it and they're taking advantage of it, which is is truly ridiculous, to be honest. So what do you think that um, American NGOs, there are a number of NGOs in the U.S. that focus on international parental abduction uh, as an international issue, as well as specifically to Japan, um, and there are a lot of Americans affected by the issue. So what do you think that Americans, American NGOs, per, perhaps even um, local politicians, senators, US representatives can do uh, to really push the US to act and, and pressure Japan to stop parental abduction?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, well, first, I think that, um, as you, as you said, I'm not American. So this is only from an outsider perspective. But I think NGOs have to federate and I've I've mentioned that many times but I do think that we every NGO also has different connections uh different um uh, capabilities and and only when we collaborate you know we, we will be able to make a significant change so that's that's the first thing with regards to um uh the implementation of the Goldman act um you know it's it's unfortunate, but when a country ratifies a treaty, so you know, be it the the Hague Convention or the Convention on the Right of the Child, unless there are consequences for the non-respect of it, um, you know, this is this is really a piece of paper that's meaningless. And and we see it very well with, for example, Japan. And and I hate you know talking just about Japan because again, child abduction, as Brian you know can witness, happens everywhere in the world. Um, but there needs to be a consequence for the, for the non-respect. With, with regards to Japan, what's mind-blowing in my opinion is that the United States, and, and that's a point that politicians in, back in the States should use, is the United States is allocating a tremendous amount of resources in Japan, uh, financially and military, to protect a country. That enables and incentivize the abduction of their own citizens, and and to me that's it's just mind blowing. Um, I don't understand why the Japanese would actually let let that happen. Um, because if someone comes to protect you, you're certainly not going to um, violate the rights of the people who come to protect you. Because you you know you have to remember that we know many uh, uh, American servicemen and women who have been the victim of child abduction in Japan while protecting uh, Japan with their own life while being based in Japan. Um, I don't understand why the Japanese are actually uh, letting that happen. Um, I guess the, the main reason, and they have been actually pretty upfront about it, is that there's no consequences. But also why American politicians are actually um, uh, happy with the situation uh, and they don't seem to care. If If I'm an elected official and I'm going to send American troops with their families to protect a country that does not respect the basic right of my people, um, I would stop protecting them. And actually, you know, this is one of the sanctions that is listed in the Goman Act, you know, uh, and, and this is the one that could be used in Japan. And I can assure you, if there is a risk that uh, the United States uh, stop uh, a military cooperation, collaboration, whatever you want to call it with Japan, I can tell you that overnight, all American children abducted to or within Japan would be sent back to their uh, parents, to their left behind parents. I think we just need to have to make the Hague Treaty, the Convention on the Rights of the Child, enforceable. And and I'll I'll use again Japan, unfortunately, as a good example to show the hypocrisy of all all those member states that have ratified uh, these various treaties and have no intention in respecting them is Um, Japan did not sign the protocol to allow um, uh, children and parents who are the victim of a violation of the Convention on the Rights of the Child to file a petition to the UN. In a sense, when you sign a treaty in the UN, there's very often, most often, a a protocol attached to it that allows you to uh, bring the matter in front of the Human Human Rights Council uh, in case the treaty is violated or there's a violation of your own rights based on that treaty. And most often, um, countries who have the intention to respect the treaty they are ratifying uh, adopt the protocol as well. But Japan has not adopted the protocol on the Convention on the Right of the Child in a sense. They ratify the treaty and they refuse to ratify an appendix that mentions that they can actually be um, uh, sued in case uh, they do not respect the treaty. That shows that they have no intention in respecting the treaty. And the Hague Treaty is actually, it poses the same problem with all members because there's no protocol in the Hague Treaty uh, that has to be ratified in case uh, members to the treaty are non-compliant. The Goldman Act is the only sanction uh, that can be potentially applied. But again, it has not been applied and as Japan, uh shamelessly mentioned in in Parliament five years ago is that there's no worries about it because the u s would never apply it. I think the u s has to set an example and and show that they mean business and when you know and, and this is something that ram emanuel, the new uh American ambassador to Japan, mentioned during his hearing confirmation um uh, in the Senate a few months ago before he came to tokyo was and and because he was he was being asked actually the question. Uh, it was one of the three questions he was being asked uh, for during his hearing confirmation is, you know, what will you do with regards to the uh, child abduction, the American child abduction uh, in Japan? And he clearly stated that your word is your bound. And when you sign a treaty, you have to uh, respect it. You have to uphold it. Um, but, you know, if there's no consequences, it's just a signature on a piece of paper. And I think the Hague Treaty needs to be revised. Um, and anyone who accessed the Hague Treaty should also allow the country of the sending states or whether the, the children who has been abducted from, um, to allow that state to apply um, sanctions. And that, the, the, the many sanctions that could be applied, uh, you know, you, you can request the recall of your ambassador. You can actually um, ask the ambassador of the abducting country to leave your own country, because ambassadors are only here on the, uh, upon invitation. And that would send a strong signal to the abducting state that the sending state is no longer accepting the violation of our children's most fundamental rights. And uh, there the clearly needs to be a revision of the Act, of the, um, the, the, the Hague Treaty. And, and the Goleman Act could be used as a framework um, for countries to actually uh, access uh, the Hague. And And for countries who refuse to access the Hague, because there are still some countries, and again, Japan is only ratified the Hague in two thousand and fourteen under the influence uh, of the United States, If you don't access the Hague, then you know you should not have access to uh, certain um, networks. You know I think, for example, if you're a member of the G twenty, um, you you are considered as a, a leading state in in the world. And that means that you should, you know, right away agree to ratify treaties that are respecting the most fundamental rights of human beings, especially children. And if you're not willing to do that because there is an agreement that would sanction you in case you do not, then you do not belong to that network of uh, other member states like the G20. And I think, you know, it it should be um, uh, to access the G20 or the G7 network, you should sign the Hague alongside with a protocol that allows you to be penalized or sanctioned in case you do not faithfully respect the content of the agreement.
2: You know, uh, and, and uh, I couldn't agree more with what you said, Vincent, and I'm going to, I'm going to add to that if I can, Uh, from where I sit being an American. The, the, the two flaws that I see with the Hague convention are pretty, pretty bold and pretty, uh, pretty astonishing, and even as uh, is, is well-intentioned as the Goldman Act, ha- well, both iterations of the Goldman Act have been. The problem is two things. One, uh, execution. How do you execute it? How do you execute it against people or countries that are not part of the Hague, like Japan, right? Um, so the the legislation has to be kind of a global effort. In the sense that even if you're not part of the Hague, there are going to be consequences if you do not act. Uh, when there are clear-cut cases out there that involve non-Hague-abiding uh, countries like Japan, but the, the the fact of the matter is their their involvement in this has been pretty dismal. Uh, Mexico's uh, involvement in it has been pretty dismal as well up until maybe several years ago, and I've seen this firsthand where. Um, they've seen it go the other way uh, against them, where people were leaving Mexico with their kids and going to other countries, not necessarily the United States. Maybe they were going to Bolivia or uh, Guatemala or Brazil or wherever, anywhere else but Mexico at the point. And they said, well, we were taking a look at this. And so I've seen this firsthand where they've taken it a lot more seriously in the last several years, um, which is a good thing when it's going in reverse. The problem is, like I said, enforcement. How do you enforce it with countries that don't really respect the law, or whether they even acknowledge the law? Um, so I didn't mean to misspoke on Japan, but um, the the fact of the matter is, they don't give a shit about the law. Um, the other the other the other side of the coin is, how do you promote co-parenting in relationships that break down? I think that's another factor that doesn't get talked about hardly at all. Uh, regardless of who the apparent abducting parent is, um, you know, I'm not going to put I'm not going to point fingers at the at, uh, abducting mothers or fathers. Uh, you know, it is one way or the other. That's fine. Uh, but how do we how do we promote co-parenting in countries that either recognize the hate or not recognize it? Uh, if we can conquer that battle, I think a lot of these cases will be resolved on, you know immensely if we can figure out how to uh, get through to the judici- judicial system and figure out how how whether it's criminal or civil uh, how do we how do we promote co-parenting uh, for the for the benefit of the children? because basically we're talking about laws that that uh, affect parents. We're not talking about laws that affect children. Uh, we like to think they they affect children, but really, in the end, they've proven that they don't. So, how do we how do we promote co-parenting? How do we uh, promote execution of these laws, regardless if you're a part of the Hague or not? Um, those are the two issues that I know that it, uh, FMP, you know, in, in its short existence, uh, has has really uh, been really centered on, and I'm I'm proud to be a part of that. So. I think that's what we're talking about here. I hope we're making some progress. I think we saw a lot of that in Japan, for sure. Uh, I think organically, we've seen it in Mexico. I think we're seeing it in Brazil. We're seeing it in all these other countries that, uh, if you look at the U.S. State Department statistics, have been on the the fringe of noncompliance, where they're starting to see the light. So hopefully, um, the trend continues.
0: What was really striking from your story, Vincent, was... Correct me if I'm wrong. Until you came home and saw your house empty and spoke to your lawyer, you had no idea that this could happen in Japan. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's correct. I had um, I had been living in Japan for twelve years at the time, and I had never heard um, of it to begin with. And second of all, I could not have imagined that something like that could happen in uh, in a developed country.
0: Yeah. Um, absolutely. And and we find that there are there are a lot of parents that reach out to us at find my parent who are not necessarily they haven't had their children abducted yet, um, but they are very fearful of it because they might be married to a Japanese national, whether they're Japanese or foreign. And, and, and they're starting to realize when talks of separation and potential divorce come up between the parent, what could happen. So. What would be your advice for, for those parents who are yet to separate or divorce, perhaps, um, and whether they be Japanese or foreigners who are are fearful that, you know, their partner will do the same thing that your wife did?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, I, I can tell you what advice I would not give to them. Um, but four weeks ago, I had a a European mother uh, living in, in, in Japan, um, married to a Japanese person, and she reached out to me uh, saying that she was uh, afraid that her husband would kidnap uh, their daughter. And therefore she asked me if I would recommend her to abduct the child first, because um, the first one who abducts the child basically wins. And again, I hate using that word in that context. So I, you know, I told her obviously not to do it um, because we don't. no one wants to be that parent. Um, but I also understand where she's coming from. She knows that, you know the couple is not doing well and 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 the husband and and one of the, the husband in that situation is is clearly considering taking advantage of of the flawed system which is really sad because you know it puts yourself in a when you know that something is going to happen to you but you're not willing to hurt your child uh but all you can do is to wait for the other parents to to, to take that step is it's it's a very difficult situation to be in i, I again i wouldn't you know um, and faces on, on not doing it because I strongly believe that, the, that our children would eventually realize what happened to them and, and who was trying to protect them rather than hurt them. Um, with regards to what they can do, uh, unfortunately, uh, there's nothing they can do. And and also during the hunger strike, many supporters uh, came during the day uh, and they told me that they 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 had children with a Japanese spouse, um, and, uh, that they, they were living in fear, uh, that it could happen to them. And they were supporting me. Uh, they could not be sort of vocal or public about it, but they, they did come to, you know, to, to bring me some water and say, look, thanks for doing that because I, I can potentially be, be the next one. Unfortunately, there's nothing you can do to, to prevent that. Uh, and and that's, that's really the issue in Japan where, you know, in another country you could actually, um, uh, well, first of all, for local abduction, it would not happen because any judicial system would actually uh, punish that. If if you know if you live in Washington and and your husband or wife abducts the, the child to Boston uh, for no reason, there's a high probability that the child is going to come back uh, home. If it's an international abduction, like like Brian, I think more and more um, you know you can put uh, you can have a the passport taken. You can have your uh, children on a non-flight list. Um, although in the case of Japan. Um, we have examples where the, the, the consular authorities of, uh, of Japan in the United States, for example, uh, knowing that there was a non-flight order, knowing that the passport has had been confiscated to avoid the abduction, the, the consulars uh, have actually uh, reissued passports, uh, which is which is criminal, uh, and it shows that the Japanese authorities are fully supportive of the abduction. Um, But, you know, in Japan, it's tough because you can go to the police. The police won't care because it's regarded as a family matter. And if you go to court, uh, you know, they said, well, you know, nothing has happened. And then you go back, you come back from court and your child may as well have been abducted. And and that's it. Um, But I I would recommend anyone to not be that parent. Um, I think I would inform foreign parents. I would inform uh, the, uh, the embassy, the consular, of uh, the consulate of the risk that, you know, uh, that your child might be abducted um, because they're here to centralize uh, information and eventually they're here to protect our children. Um, What I would try to, what I would advise, the only advice that I can do is to try to, uh, and excuse my French here, but to to suck it in, to, um, to, to try to diffuse any conflict. And I know it's not easy. And for me, in my case, that, something maybe I should have done if I had known the possible consequences of, of talking about divorce. Uh, but again, you know, when the children are involved almost on a daily basis in, in quarrels, it's it's not healthy for the kids neither. Um, but I, I think I would, in the case of Japan, at least tell them to, to wait, be patient. Change is coming. Uh, you know, we're talking about joint custody. We're talking about parenting. Which now uh, you can actually go to the police and file uh, when your child is being abducted. Uh, but until there's a formal process to allow parent children reunification um, that is systematic, um, I would try to I would advise to just as much as you can uh, diffuse the situation at home um, and uh, and do whatever it takes, uh, whatever you're being asked um, to to avoid that uh, that abduction. I know it's a uh, be a slave if you have to, um, as long as it doesn't impact your uh, your your child. Um, change is coming, so be patient and yeah, try to buy time. Uh, yeah, there's no there's no solution really.
0: I also want to add that the advice you just gave, Vincent, it's also very much relevant for two foreigners living in Japan. So we have. We are knowledgeable of various cases in Japan of two Americans, two Europeans, expats that are just working and living in Japan, no like ties to the country other than employment in the country, who went through divorce in Japan and the child was abducted. And that's really why Japan is re- referred to as the black hole of child abduction, because anybody can really be affected as long as they're on Japanese territory. So if you are, a foreigner, married to a foreigner in Japan, you should also be aware of the potential consequences. And as Vincent said, I would uh, be patient as much as you can and potentially even a, avoid divorcing in Japan because the country is going to provide you no protection. And and the reality is neither is America or, or Europe, to be quite frank. Well,
2: backing on what Vincent just said, I can tell you now that uh,
0: you
2: know flagging passports in Mexico Doesn't really, doesn't do a whole lot. Their uh, customs is pretty porous. Um, You know, if you if you had a flag passport or if you're somebody wanted by, uh, you know, another government for crimes that you committed somewhere else, uh, it's it's a pretty porous system uh, down there. Um, They're working on it. I know that, Uh, but uh, you know, that's an ounce of prevention. A pound of cure is again. Uh, how do we execute the court orders? How do we execute and pr- how do we promote uh, shared parenting? Um, it, it, it doesn't matter what country we're dealing with, whether it's Japan or Mexico or whatever else. The fundamentals are, are pretty simple. The, the problem is uh, the, the, re- the resolutions are not so simple. Um, you know, we could draft up any laws that we want. The Goldman laws are a great start. The Hague Convention was a great start. The, at the end of the day, all we're doing is killing trees uh, by by putting all this stuff on paper. We're, there's no clear cut, if you look at those laws, there's no clear cut execution of those laws. What happens if you don't follow these laws, whether, you're, uh, whether you agree with them or not? There's gotta be consequences regardless. And um, until that happens, uh, like Vincent said, uh, you know, the ounce of prevention really lies upon us, the parents, uh, to try and um, corral the the chaos, so to speak, and uh, that's the that's the truth that nobody really wants to talk about. Uh, as much as you know, they want to blame governments, they want to blame laws, they want to blame this and that. At The end of the day, yes, we should be talking about those things, but at the end of the day, we need to talk about how we can, um, you know, how 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 can we promote either the A, execution of these current laws, regardless of what country you're dealing with, or B, how do we promote uh, shared parenting? I mean, that's that's really what this comes down to, whether, whether people want to admit it or not. Well, Vincent, look, from where I sit, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, on one hand, I couldn't contain my excitement when, uh, when I heard about the restaurant for your wife. I, I know no disrespect to, her, to the situation at all. Um, I don't mean to stick a knife in your back any more than it's already been already, uh, but we all pretty much know that Japan will more than likely never extradite, which is the sad part about this. Um, on the other hand, like you said, Vincent, um, you know, no left behind, no left behind parent wants these situations to come to this. Uh, nobody wants to see, you know, the mother of their children to be arrested or the, you know, and, and the vice versa, the vice, the vi- vice versa, right? Nobody wants to see the abducting parents be arrested for a situation like this. I know I didn't. The reality is sometimes, you know, abducting parents are so hell bent on destroying our lives um that they can't see the forest through the trees and eventually the justice system like you saw with the arrest warrant um the justice system itself has had enough and, and so this is i don't know if it's an act of the paper tiger syndrome like you were just talking about so to speak um or this is something for real um but you know let's let's see where the um let's see Time will tell, I guess, where uh, if if this motivates your wife to actually do the right thing, uh, it hasn't for mine. But maybe your yours might be different. So, um, look, switching gears here, uh, I'm curious because I I I, I talk to left-behind parents quite a bit, and uh, you're a very well-rounded individual. Uh, I think you've done a lot more with less than I have in a lot shorter amount of time. So I'm curious to know, um,
1: what have the effects of this whole situation um, have been on your health? Well, first of all, Ryan, um I, I do think, as I mentioned before, that we all fight um, the same. Uh, you now, I strongly believe that no parents would actually uh, give up on their children. It's just that we're fighting in different ways and, and, and we make it visible. You know, to a greater extent on us. But I and I also think, you know, we all fight with the means, with the tools that we have uh, at our disposal. So, um, and, but the impact that it has on my health, um, well, you're constantly depressed, I And mean, that's a given. Uh, the, the, the issue is how, how you cope with it. And I, I've met many parents. Um, some of them started drinking. Uh, some of them uh, decided to, you um, to not even mention their children's name, and I don't want to talk about it. But again, it doesn't mean that they're not fighting back. I mean, they're fighting back inside themselves, and and that's probably uh, I think even it's, it's it's more difficult than than going to court. To be to be frank, um, uh, and and that no one can actually judge how people react uh, because it's self-preservation at the end, and. Um, for me, uh, the way I've managed to not, you know, uh, fall on the slippery slope was to fight back, and that's, that's just my way to to cope with it. And I know that I have yeah six open cases, and every time I had one case uh, that was leading to nowhere, uh, even though it was still open, I, I could feel that I was reaching a point where um, I was I started isolating myself from from family friends, and and I could I, I saw it coming, so I, I started looking for other other options other ways to fight back and I, and I opened new case you know, new cases but of course you know you're constantly depressed um, uh, it's been four years and I you know I still cry uh, most nights uh, because I, I I miss my children I, I wonder how how they look like um, now I learned last week that my my daughter thinks I'm dead um, you know these things are really hurtful um, and the hunger strike, I fractured my. I hit my head pretty hard, and I fractured a finger. I have to go for a second surgery now. I cannot use my left uh, my left uh, arm basically. My right arm, and so, so you know, it impacts you on on, on many levels, uh, physical, mental. It's it's tough. Uh, and again, the different coping mechanism. For me, it's been fighting and and then joining find my parents uh, to try to. To change that issue that is not only happening in Japan but uh, you know uh, around the world, uh, and try to leave a legacy. And the way I, I see it is that I may not be, and it's you know it's trying to convince myself. And I know sometimes I'm lying to myself. I know that, but it, it helps me you know uh, goes to bed. Sometimes I, I try to convince myself my kids are actually dead, um, just just so that I can fall asleep. Uh, and then you know when I get up uh, the day after I you know re myself. Uh, I do not want to believe that uh, i I'm forcing myself to believe so to to get some tips sometimes um but I will always uh, fight for them
2: um, yeah. well inevitably inevitably there's uh you gotta have some downtime right uh, I had to learn that the hard way. I'm sure you had to learn that the hard way what are what i mean uh, is there any recommendations of books? or videos, or movies, or, you know, maybe your favorite music that's helped you uh, get through this so deal so far?
1: Yeah, so for the first two years, um, I basically stopped socializing, and I was building all my cases, um, and I did nothing but that, um, and then I, um, I tried to meet someone, um, because I was, you know, I was feeling very lonely, and then it didn't work out, I was entirely responsible for it, uh, you know, it's tough to to be with someone when you can only think about your you know your kids and you feel guilty for trying to have a good time and and i think that's the, the hardest part for us parents is that you know you, you're fighting constantly you have to go to work you're fighting for your kids you you're living with the thoughts of never seeing your your children again and but life goes on and you're trying to rebuild some sort of life even though it's never going to be like like it was before and I remember, like, you know, I started dating someone um, who was lovely. But after a few months, I was feeling guilty for, for being happy or, you know, being half happy. And and that corrupted the relationship. And before I dragged someone else into my ordeal, I, I you know, I decided to put an end to it. So for me, as a, I'm French. So I bought a bicycle and I go riding my bike, uh, you know, every week like a proper Frenchman. But... You know it, it it could be it could be anything really. and, and I think you know joining FMP um, and, and helping contributing to FMP for me is is, is a huge um, it's it's helping me a lot. Uh, of course, you know it's not keeping me away from the issue, uh, which some people could think is is a bit dangerous, but in fact, you know I feel like i'm I'm contributing and I'm giving back to my children in a different way because you know for us parents, we may be stripped out of our parenthood. Uh, from the day of the abduction but there are other ways to be to be parents and and I think that's also a message I'd like to give to parents is not being able my my daughter was still you know on on the bottle and on diapers when she was abducted and I may not have been able to um, to teach her how to walk you know to be here for her first words and or to you know to train her to be clean but you can be a parent by uh fighting for their rights, fighting for the cause, and then put an end to that. Um and, and for me that's also a way to to get away from my my pain is to actually contribute and try to avoid that from happening to other kids.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you said that because look, hindsight being what it is, um it's a blessing and a curse. Uh, I I hate that word actually to be honest with you. Uh but what do, you think, what do you think you could have done or should have done differently to prevent this from happening in the first place, if there was anything? Were there any signs that you saw? Um, you, you mentioned some things earlier in the podcast about the IVF and all that, but that doesn't necessarily mean it wasn't a, a sign of things to come. So, I mean, what, what, what were some of those things that were out there? If if there were anything that said i mean if there weren't
1: any please by all means no no we, we you know, and again, I think that in any relationship it's fifty fifty you know we're all to blame equally um uh, my my only issue that the only issue really big issue that I had is when it started involving the children and impacting them um and that's when I decided to obviously uh ask for a divorce um you know sometimes I hear my friends or family saying, you know you should have never." Come to Japan. You should have never, you know, married your wife, and and I say no. That's absolutely not true. I'm I'm glad I did because otherwise I wouldn't have my children, and and that's actually something I'm the the, the, the most proud of is is to have Kaede and Subasa, and and again I still think I'm their father. I cannot be the father the way I want, but I'm still their father, and and, and the way I fight today is I want to be able to be the grandfather of their children. I, I may not be able to be their father um, the way I you know. I should be, but I'm fighting so that I can make it all up by changing the diapers of my grandkids, and um, and, and that's also an, an extra motivation. And I think that's how we should look at it. Uh, we may miss ten to twenty years of their life, but we're going to be there for the next fifty if if we fight right. Um, in terms of, you know, no, in terms of you know what I should have done. Should, I don't know, uh, you know, I guess I've done everything wrong because four years later, you know, I, I just got the first proof of life in, in four years. So I guess I'm not doing things right. Um, but it's tough because I, I know people who took a different route and who tried to be, you know, to, to suck it up, to, to meet all the demands from the other party, to do whatever, and they still haven't seen their children. Um, what I've done right, I think, is to lead a fight for my children and I'm leading the fight for them, not for myself. Um, what I've done wrong I don't know man Um, I I have done a lot of things wrong I guess Uh, well I'm sure Um, again it's 50-50 but I think that if I've done anything wrong what I've done wrong should never have led to the abduction of my children that's what I know for sure agreed, agreed, look
2: your humility and your your frankfulness I mean this is um This is an episode, I think, that will uh, garner a lot of attention because, um, you know, when I was at my, in the stage that you're in now, I don't think I was capable of even having this conversation, to be honest. Um, So thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for uh, raising the profile on such an important issue where the, the, the pariah in these situations is usually the parent in our positions and and as we all know now uh it's definitely not the case um as you mentioned you know yeah as of recently you've you've taken on a prominent role with find my parent and we're, we're certainly grateful that you have um recently we talked offline about your expectations about um japan's uh cooperation so to speak with the cause in it's, in, a, in and of, of itself in the next two to three years. So, and you, you actually uh, reiterate reiterated it with uh, Danielle's uh, you know, dialogue earlier in this episode. So what are your expectations of the work that we are doing here for the next uh, two to three years?
1: Well, you know, I think that the two sides, first we have to uh, stop the bleeding. And then we have to uh, not only just put a bandage, but we have to, you know, to to, to fix the uh, the issue. So, you know, we we're working really hard, um, you know, in, in um, uh, making an app available for uh, parents and children to look for themselves, to look for each other, and to be reunited. And I strongly believe that this is going to be a game changer, um, because unfortunately, uh, right now the the, the Japanese authorities. And it's true for other part of the world. Um, are not really doing what they should. To uh, they're not providing a platform um, that is efficient enough for parents and children to uh, to be reunited. And well, I think the platform we're working on is is scalable. Uh, will be provided, you know, of course, free of charge uh, because we're not here to, you know, we, we're here to help. Um, and and if you think of that, in the last twenty years in Japan, three million children have lost access to one parent. Um, you know, only an IT platform can actually provide a, a scale to uh, to solve the issue. Um, and and I strongly believe that uh, you know the, the products that we will make available to, to kids and, and parents will will contribute to that. But also, we we have to change the the, the, the practices. And the lobbying and advocacy that FMP is doing is great. Um, You know, this is not directed to the parents. This is not directed only to Japan because, again, the issue you know is is happening with in many parts of the world. Um, But I think that you know, if we cannot get it right in the G seven countries, country, we'll never be able to get it right in any other country. Um, And but I think you know, the the podcast we're running, the support that FMP gave me during the hunger strike by making you know these small videos uh, putting subtitles on it giving uh, you know children a platform and and again you know, we invite any children or, or even children still or adults um to to reach out to us and to, to to you know to contribute to to FMP um because in a sense this platform is entirely for children you know it might be run by adults but it's for children um I think the, we will see a significant change uh, in in Japan in, a, in the next few years for the simple reason that people have started voicing up, and this is something that had never happened in the last twenty years. And I think this is not the result of one specific action; it's the result of everyone contributing to it, and it's it's really been a, a team effort across the world. You know what you're doing, Brian, in a, in the US with with Mexico, is is also helping eventually my children in Japan. Um, and, you know, having, you know, people supporting each other builds momentum and only momentum is going to change things. So it's not just, you know, one NGO's work, one person's job. It's it's the results of all the work that has been done over the last 20 years. And, you know, when you said that you could not have spoken on, you know, on a podcast like that uh, in your situation, you know, maybe uh, at, at that time. Well, that's also because there was no podcast to to, to speak to. Um and and I think you know, it, it's really the result of everyone's contribution over the last twenty years. Um, what FMP is trying to do is, is to organize it and and make it accessible to to everyone. And and I think that's the once you start using IT to empower people, that's when changes happen. Uh, and they and change changes will happen very fast, in my in my opinion.
2: Yeah, well, I couldn't have said it better myself. Look, um, Vincent, Danil, um we've been getting after this. For the better part of an hour and a half, almost two hours now. Uh, this might be a good place to close out this episode. Uh, we could certainly uh, come back together at another time when you know we all have uh, hopefully better things to contribute uh, or updates to contribute to to this to this cause. Um, so, Vincent, uh, any closing thoughts? Anything you'd like to add? Before we close this out,
1: um, I also wanted to um, you know, to thank um, everyone who's actually helped me uh, personally uh, and supported me through that you know ordeal that has lasted for the last four years. Um, my my parents uh, who are um, as good grandparents as they are you know being parents. Uh, my sister who's an amazing aunt. Uh, my uh, lawyer uh, Jessica Finel um, who who has doing in a sense. She's been doing pro bono work for the last uh, three and a half years, and I'm I'm truly amazed at the fact that this is someone who's never met my children and is defending uh, my children and others' children with the same passion and determination as as if they were her own. Um, and I think that's that's really uh, heroic. Uh, you know, the, the the battle that she actually um, she puts and. Um, uh, any any friends, any um, any members of the parliament, of the French parliament, uh, especially uh, Geoffrey Didier, who's been extremely helpful, vocal, who's made official requests to sanction Japan at the EU level, um, and, and all the local politicians in Japan who were... Um, you know newcomers to the cause uh, a few years ago, um, and, and now who are actually making a clear difference. And they they've grown from you know a number of one to a number of you know eighty three, eighty four recently. Uh, but you know, namely uh, Kishida-san, uh san sorry, uh, Kada-san, Shibayama-san, all these people they've they've been extremely helpful, and they have had an open door policy at least for me uh, for the last three years, and they have allowed me to uh, to lobby uh, proactively the the Japanese government. And also I, wouldn't, uh, I would like to say a big thanks to all the medias who have helped uh, raise the issue. And I know, you know it was not an easy task. Uh, this issue can be controversial you know, to, to speak about, but um, you know, be it the French newspapers, French TVs, and, and, and recently the international community, and also the, the Japanese press has been extremely helpful. And, and, and this is how we we're going to make changes is by changing mindsets and, and influence politicians, and that's through the media. So a big thank to uh, to everyone. I just wanted to to thank everyone who's who's fighting for the cause in you know, any part of the world. Um, you know, this is. I believe you know as parents we have dual responsibilities. We have responsibilities to not hurt um, our children, <laughs> and we have the responsibility to protect them. So you know, when a parent abduct their own child, they, they fail on two counts. Um, and that's why, you know, for the press, I want them to stop using parent or child abduction between brackets uh, in their titles, which really upsets me when they do so. For children, I want you know them to to rise up, to, to stop thinking they're the victims, uh, to voice up uh, and and speak up. And and for parents, do what you can. Um, And again, like everyone contributes to the cause, but if they can, if we can federate more and more people, if we can federate NGOs, this is how, you know, the bigger we get, the more impactful we're going to be. And and it's not just a fight with Japan. It's not a fight just with Mexico. It's a fight against uh, child abduction. And and there are different forms of child abduction as well. And, you know, one of the uh, thing we're working on at FMP right now is to help, children that are victims victim of abduction or displacement, um, you know, it's, it's, it's all about children's rights. Um, it happens that, you know, the, the easiest fix is to stop child abduction in, div- in the developed part of the world, because if we cannot get that right, we'll never get it right anywhere. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. And, uh, and I wanted to thank FMP for uh, and, Enrique and Daniel. Sk uh, Jack for building FMP for for giving a platform for us to join because um, this is what we needed and and I truly hope other NGOs would actually tag along and other parents will uh, will reach out to us to offer what they have to offer again anyone has something to offer it doesn't have to be money it doesn't have to be tech skills uh, a simple voice can help and and we're always willing to listen to these parents yeah for sure thank you for saying that Vincent uh, look. Uh, we'd be remiss if we
2: didn't we didn't give you the platform to uh you know would you like well the best way to put it is would you like to say anything to your kids today that this is your this is your platform this is your episode and we're we're appreciative of everything you've done at the end like you said this is about the children so if there's anything you want to say to your kids today uh please by all means take take all the time all
1: yeah, thanks for that. Um unfortunately I don't think they speak either French or English now. But um I would um I would tell them that you know uh, nothing has changed for me. I still love them, uh, the way I love them, the way they were born. Um that I have not abandoned them, that I'm not dead, uh, and that I don't hold any grunge against their mother. Um I'm only here to defend the right to be loved by both parents. And and it may take 10, 15 years for us to, to see each other again. But there's not a day that I don't think about them. And, um, and as I said before, you know, if, if I couldn't be the father that I wanted to be in the capacity that I wanted to be, um, I'm still their father. Nothing has changed. And I uh, and I hope that they would give me a chance to to be the grandfather of their children one day. Awesome. I'm glad you said that. Um, look, you blew up my social media channels
2: uh, as of the Olympics last year. So uh, let me return a favor. And let me ask you, where people can, uh, where where can people follow you on social media, so they can take the pressure off of me and go directly to you.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Um, I think FMP has done a has done a good uh, a good job in relaying you know all, all the informations, and I think we're going to be uh, more and more active on that front. So if you follow, you know, FMP on various social medias, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, so on and so forth, the website, uh, the app we, you know, we're hoping to release, by all means that, you know, the more followers we have, the bigger our voice is going to get. Um, and then on a personal level, I also have a Twitter, Facebook account, uh, LinkedIn, and um, but, you know, it's it's all going to be. Centralized very soon. I hope uh, within FMP uh, because we, we have to combine our voices. We have to to federate.
2: Yeah, I hear you, uh, Danielle. Any closing thoughts that you'd like to share, please? Yeah.
0: Again, thank you, Vincent, for coming on and sharing your story. I, I often get emails and comments uh, asking about where's Vincent? What happened to Vincent after the hunger strike? <laughs> so I'm sure many people will be very happy to to hear your story and, and know that you're okay. And and you're still in the fight. So thank you for that. And again, I just want to like use this opportunity to relay to parents and children that find My Parent is always here for you. Again, I want to reiterate what Vincent said, whatever you can do in any small capacity to help the cause is something. And it all means something. Together, we can really push for change in Japan. So feel free to, to reach out to us via our website or an email. We'll link in the description of the episode and we have various resources. We can help you get through your personal situation in case as much as possible, we're ready to support. And also to, to join the bigger movement to push for change. So please do reach out anytime and children should know that we will always, always respect your feelings. Uh, if you are uncomfortable coming out publicly and, we will always keep you anonymous. Again, we are we built FMP for you, for you children, actually, not for your parents, to be honest, for you children. And we will always, you know, uh, stick to our commitment to your children.
2: Awesome, Danielle. Thank you. And where can people follow you on social media, if you don't mind me asking?
0: Yeah, so uh, you could probably the best place to follow me is find my parent. I work on on various causes in my life. Parental abduction is one of them. I also work on youth empowerment and employability. So if you follow Find My Parents' uh, various social media channels, you can stay up to date on the latest happenings. We're always introducing new advocacy campaigns in Japan, in the U.S., and around the world. Uh, We'll be launching our mobile application in the coming month as well. There's always lots of exciting things happening. So please uh, do follow us on social media to stay up to date on what we're doing.
2: Thank you so much. You know, Vincent, Danielle. Thank you so much for for being here. I am absolutely honored uh, to have been part of this today. Um, You know, without question, this will for sure inspire others to tell their stories. How could it not? Um, And thank you for everybody for listening. Uh, Find My Parent is forever grateful. Uh, We appreciate the ongoing support. Uh, Links to Vincent and Danielle's social media will be on the show notes.
0: Double you have.